check, check one, two. Check, check, check. The question check. is, will I ever leave you? The answer is no, 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 no. No, no, no. Is that how you feeling this Valentine's Day? That's how we feeling on Valentine's Day, bro. You got to get into the R&B bag. We here, <laughs> Editors Know, Episode 4. Uh, I'm your chief, Carrington J. Tatum. I'm Sawyer Click, your managing editor. Um, so we looking at uh, African-American studies off the top, and uh, we'll see what happens. So, um, Sawyer, how was your weekend, bro? It was good, bro. I, I uh, You were with me the whole weekend, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I was right beside uh, you. We did a workshop all weekend. We're tired. I didn't get to sleep in past noon one day this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty upset about it. And it was two degrees the whole time? Two degrees. <laughs> I didn't ask for any of this. This is not fair. But yeah, man, what'd you think of IRE? Investigative reporters. Is it Expo? What's the E for? Editors. Oh, oh, it's investigative reporters and editors. And editors, yeah. No, it was fun. I had fun. I learned a lot. Bro, pretty cool. so... I'm going to tell y'all a story like me and Sawyer. So it's a whole like journalism, like workshop. We're learning mad things. We're sitting through lectures. Um, but then there was a lunch in the middle. And like because we're Texas State students and we have university star clout, we got invited to this lunch with like all the professionals that were teaching yeah. um, the the lectures. Right. Yeah. And so we're up in Old Main, 320. Nothing's new. And to keep it so real, like we're tired. This is the halfway point because we've been working and just sitting through mad lectures. Um, and so like, we're sitting there, we're networking and I think, what is it? So it's like me and you at a table. Um, it's like two other students. And then it's just like media professionals. One guy from one person from UT. Yeah. He's like a UT professor. And it was just like people who know stuff about journalism, but it's like, we're journalism students. Um, I'm a junior, so he's a senior. So it's like, we're used to the networking stuff. Like we got it. Um, and so we're cool and relaxing. And there was like a, a, I guess a journalism squabble at the table. Like they just started arguing two of the professionals. They start arguing over like the next wave of journalism. Like, is it digital? Is it data? Like, what is it? Um, And we're just sitting there watching them duke it out. And it's like, you have this old white man and then you had this young black woman and like, that's who was fighting. And when I tell you, like he thought like, and I understand, like when you get into your privilege bag, you expect to be the authority at the table. But she wasn't playing. <laughs> like, she was not she playing was with not, him, bro. Honestly. Like, uh, there was some moment where he was trying to talk over her. And she kept, like, she kept talking like it was, it was regular. <laughs> like, she talked straight through him. And I'm sitting right next to her. I'm eating it up. Like, yeah, yeah. Get into your bag. Like, I agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, but me and Sawyer, let me tell y'all how stupid we are. Like, yeah. we're thinking, like, these are Texas professionals. And my dumbass was like, yo, um... So where are you from? Like getting into my small talk. I was like, oh, are you from Texas? And she's like, no, I'm from Washington. Uh, and I'm like, oh, oh, cool, cool, cool. You know, I have family up in Washington State. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Never been to the North, though. And I'm just I heard like, you say that. Yeah. Just like <laughs> you me. You figure out it was D.C.? Yo, I didn't you put anything stated. together. <laughs> but most people say D.C., right? Bro. Most people say D.C.? They don't say if you're all- from Washington, D.C., why would you say that? I guess that makes sense. But like. Yeah, I just had two brain cells, and so I'm making small talk. And, like, there was a moment where Sawyer and I made eye contact because in that squabble, like, because you could see it was escalating for, like, who knew what they were talking about, and she had to do it to him. And I don't think she wanted to either because she, like, held this information in her pocket for so long. She, I don't think she was even wearing her name tag so you could see what publication she was from. Um, but she kept it in her back pocket and he wasn't like taking her warnings, like chill out. Like, I think I got it on this one. 
And so she had to do it to him. So he was like, yeah, the movie Spotlight, you know, I make my, my students, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, they do an essay and whatever, whatever. Um, and she was like, yeah, I actually make my students write an essay on that as well um, because the book's about my boss. And like, so I'm now the journalism zeitgeist, but apparently this is like a quintessential journalism film. Yeah, you haven't right? seen it. Bro, chill We're out. doing that right after this. Well, all right, we can have a watch party. We can watch Spotlight right after. Um, but like, I knew enough to know that like, whoever the story was about was important. And she was like, yeah, that's my boss at the Washington Post. And then <laughs> like, as soon as she said that, me and Sawyer, like eyes match, like, bro. <laughs> We're sitting with her. Yeah, like, and that's me, like I'm sitting like to her left, yeah. asking her if she's from Sweating. Texas and telling Quivering. her. <laughs> like, bro. And then like, he, he was also shocked too. Cause he had a little too much dip on his chip <laughs> after he, after she, uh, said she was from the Washington post and I saw him like stumble, but he couldn't take that out. So he tried to recover and he's like, yeah, you know, we can, we can agree to disagree. Like, you know, you lose in the argument oh when you God. get into that. We can agree to disagree. He really hit that. Like every time after, bro. Yeah. That's how, you know, you losing. Um, but like I was sitting there like one in shock because we were sitting next to a Washington Post investigative journalist. Of course. And we was just enjoying our little sandwiches and chips. Um, but on top of that, like, that's a young black woman in journalism. It wasn't new. She said, who? <laughs> UT what? <laughs> Where is that? That was like a highlight for me of our, um, of our little workshop. What else happened over the weekend, man? That's all we did. Bro, we recorded this podcast. Also, I want to talk about like, Nobody ever discusses it, but every year, like when homie comes to the stallions and says, hey, oh, y'all going to hell. <laughs> like He does that every year, like five times a year. And every freshman said, huh? <laughs> they were stopped in their little boots. Yeah. <laughs> in their boots and their light wash jeans and said, huh? Yeah. We're coming straight out of freshman orientation said, oh. Is this discourse? <laughs> so let me challenge these ideas. <laughs> Who going to hell? <laughs> Who going to hell? Nah. Yeah, what's Everybody, his name? Bro, oh, Brother Jeb. I don't know if that's who it actually is. Or he definitely looked like, like a Brother Jeb. Brother Jeb is somebody. I don't know like what, it, what that is, but there's like a ton like of people who come Jeb to school Bush? to do that. <laughs> bro, shut up. Like Florida <laughs> governor? He's the Florida governor, right? Oh my God, bro. But nah, freshmen stay falling for that, including our reporters, which like they don't know no better. Like it's not their fault. But I like I saw three reporters hop in the Slack channel. And they're like, yo, we got breaking news in the quad. I'm, I'm I got the scoop. Got the scoop. <laughs> Send a photographer. Yeah, man. Every year. It's just like it's not even like once a year. It's like multiple times every year. They just come out and every time it's just like a, a like a trap. Who are those people? They just fall in that con that go to it. Or no, like who? Who are they? Like they come to campus. They're not. Who are they? I want to know. You don't know. Like hmm. who are they? What are they doing? We're gonna have to figure out who those people are, because it's like we can't stop them from coming. But it's just like, what do you do? Like you don't got a job. <laughs> I think the question is just like, what do you? What do you get from this? You word. <laughs> you get a front row seat in heaven, bro. Yeah, y'all got to stop sinning. That's all. You gotta chill out with that. Sinners. But listen, um, we're gonna get into actual like news content. Um, that's how our weekend went. And, uh, we also had, was that last, was that this weekend or last weekend jazz festival? That was this week. This weekend. Yeah. We didn't get to go to that like we wanted to. Right. But I think, did we talk about it last episode? I don't think so. No. I think we cut it out, but it was about, uh, it was like the Eddie Durham jazz festival. Mm -hmm. Eddie Durham's like a really prominent, uh, jazz guitarist. He's black. He's from San Marcos. 
but he wrote for like a lot of really big bands um, that you may know, Count Basie uh, being probably the biggest one. He wrote a lot of music for them, was a super big guy. He just didn't like the fame, so he sat behind the curtain for most of it. My guy. Uh, yeah, a real king, honestly. He has a little park over there by the church, Old First Baptist Church, off of uh, San Antonio Street. Oh, it's the park with the music in it? Yeah. Crazy. Park. Yeah, no, it's I just crazy. put two and two together. Yeah, no, he's a really big guy in jazz music. He makes four. But they had a, a big thing for him. They had, like, the world's, like, leading jazz historian come speak, and he also, like, played with him. Count Basie Orchestra was here. Just a ton of people respecting his life. That's dope. Pretty cool. Yo, February's a good month, man. Y'all be sleeping why. on Black History Month? <laughs> like, no, I'm for real, though, because, see, people, they try to do the cop-out. We talk about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks every month. But, yeah. like, when you actually, like put some effort in it's some vet like really cool black history bro even in san marcus yeah i was like we were talking about black history in san marcus and san marcus is a freedman's town uh and it was like a 95 like colloquially like you know after talking to sources who've been embedded here and like they have like like traditions and heritage and stories passed down it was like 95 percent black at one point mm -hmm. and gentrification and the kkk marching through yeah. the town uh Kind of like scared him out of here. Did you know that San Marcos at one point had the largest KKK march in the nation? Really? 20,000, I think, is the number of Klansmen that were just marched down the street. That's a lot Ran. of pillowcases to cut eye holes in, bro. <laughs> it is. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But San Marcos has like a crazy amount of like black history and it's just like super important because there's also the Dunbar School. Just all of all of the Dunbar district, really. Just a lot nah, of important people, important places. Important you're right. Things. And that's where, like, if people dig in and actually learn about, like, the history of their community, like, you would never know that about San Marcos. Because it's not like, you know, unless you know about the Calaboose, like, you happen to be privy to that. Like, it's not exactly the personality of San Marcos now. Nor is it commemorated a lot by Texas State. Um like the biggest entity in San Marcos. And I think it just speaks to like, we see his black history as something that, you know, is is something that's in the past, like exclusively, but there's still black history that's not only being created, like even in 2019, like there's still black history happening, but there's also black history that's undiscovered. That's happened so long ago. Um, and that's where we get into like African-American studies because, you know, Texas State, like, finally getting that minor, like, they're so overdue. You know, like, UT has, let's see, I think they have, like, 13,000 more students at UT, right? They're bigger yeah. than us. Yeah. But we have almost twice the number of African-American African students That's than UT. Crazy. Why do you think that is? Like, the, just the number of African-American students here? Yeah, the difference. I don't know. I feel like I'm not, I'm definitely not equipped to answer that question. Yeah. Like, in a smart way, but it'd be... It'd be an interesting, like, thing to research. Because if anything, I feel like it may have to do with affordability. Yeah. Well, but, also, like, I want to look into the, like, applicants. Like, are there more applying to UT that aren't getting in? Mm -hmm. Or, in, like, you know, like, look at the acceptance rates for those, like, communities and seeing, like, yeah. no, that's like, a, minorities, are they accepting and they're just not accepting a lot of them? Like, you know, yeah. what's going on there? No, that's a, that's a really, really great question. And... I think it also, like, when you put that into perspective, how they literally can have 13,000 more students um, than we do here, but they've had, like, African-American studies since, like, the 70s, mm -hmm. and not only is it a minor, like, it's it's a whole department. Like, they have mm -hmm. a building really? dedicated to it. They do research, and they teach classes, mm -hmm. and it's like, you can get a whole PhD in just that. 
Wow. But, and you know, that's because initially when I came in like freshman year, um, you know, black studies was something I was interested in. Texas State didn't have that. And as I met more uh, black students on campus, you know, I was able to kind of get caught up on the history of that, um, of how like there's a lot of people who have wanted black studies. And, you know, I talked to the provost about it very early on. That's kind of, that was the first time I met Dr. Bourgeois. Um, was that like a, what are those things called? It's like when the administrators, a round table. Yeah, Um, It was at a round table and I was inquiring about black studies. Um, And, you know, one of the things, not just him, but also the forces that he's beholden to, it was like this question of, is there a demand for black studies? And like, it makes sense on like a face value, right? Mm -hmm. You would think of like, hey, you know, in order for us to make a course, like there needs to be students who take this course. Um, and so like most people take that at face value and they're like, okay, cool. Um, cause black students are definitely like in the super minority here at Texas state. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't like, we're not a majority African-American campus. Um, and like, we already like, I I don't, do you have to have the demographics off the top? Uh, not numbers, but I know white people, um, Hispanic, Mm -hmm. black people. And then it's sort of, it's like a really big drop, like drop off. Yeah, it's a drop off. But I think even like when you're talking about Hispanic students and white students, it's uh, like, like it's more than double the number of African-American students, like well over. Yeah, it's well over. So it's like on a face value, you might think there's no demand or not enough to create a course, but the more you dig into it and the more you learn, really that threshold for demand like has been well met for a long, long time. And I actually, like I put all this in a column that I wrote this week because um, I have a hot take as it pertains to to um, the black studies minor. But um, like when you're talking about having twice the number of African-American students here than at UT and UT have investing so many resources into black studies, like the necessary question is like, if UT can make it with less students, why does Texas State have nothing at all? And why has it had nothing at all for this long? And that's where, to me, the like it can't be anything else except a conscious uh, decision not to. Like you just don't see the value in African-American studies. And like when you look at the Texas State administration, when you look at our board of regents, like the same old white person copy pasted eight times. Like, <laughs> no, may, yeah. yeah. No, it, it 100% makes sense. It's like when they... What it what was what's Scott Bowman's job title? The um, special assistant special assistant to, to the, the provost on diversity and inclusion. I think. And like what, what does that mean? Well, you, you don't hire someone to make your like you don't. There's no position of someone who's going to make your like mm-hmm. administration more diverse. Exactly. You Did just you, hire diverse people. Exactly. Did you know that diversity positions actually don't help divi- diversity on college I f- campuses? I feel like anyone under the age of 30 knows that by this <laughs> point. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely like, it's helpful to be able to to put that out and say, hey, we have some sort of organized effort, but it really it's a cop out to not do anything. And that's why when you look at, because even outside of UT, right? So, you know, that's the best case scenario. It's University of Texas at Austin. They got mad money, mad legacy. Maybe they can do that, right? Maybe they're an outlier. Right. But almost all of our peer institutions have at least a minor. Mm. SMU, like, you can get a bachelor's, Mm. which is like, that's also an elevated, like, the typical, like, the standard is a minor. That's pretty common. So most schools have the minor. Yeah, most schools have have a minor, especially, like, Texas state size. Mm-hmm. Like, you definitely have a minor. Mm. Um, and so it it can't really be chalked up to demand, I don't think. Because if tech, like, if tech has a minor, <laughs> if SMU has a minor or a, a bachelor's, like, 
So whatever this this threshold that they might have been arguing for, it's very clearly unfounded. I think information just tells you you're wrong on that. Yeah, no, that's it's interesting too because Texas State is always you know touting off about how like whenever they add a new degree or a new major or something, mm-hmm. it feels like yeah, like we could be getting some cool stuff, but like we're leaving so much in, like just behind and like mm-hmm. ignoring so much. It's pretty crazy to me, honestly. Yeah, but I mean, it's nothing new, right? I mean, it's always been. Uh, characteristic of like white institutions to move the goalpost whenever black people want to do something that that they may not necessarily benefit from like you know it's cool what did you say dmi started off with two people i have no idea maybe but i don't know but like i can i'd be willing to bet i'd go like i'd put myself on the line to say there's probably some minors um and maybe majors at this institution that probably don't have as much <laughs> demand as black studies does. No, yeah, 100%, I would say so. And been around forever. And nobody's like, well, you know, where's the demand? I don't know if they've met a threshold, you know. Oh, we have to do this search and we have to go through this process. Like, nobody's doing paperwork on, until it until it comes to stuff we want. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Well, they, they approved the minor. So, I mean, that means it's happening. African-American studies minor. Yeah, I'm... That's I'm, the name. They I'm glad it. it's finally happening. Yeah, it finally hit, you, hit the check mark in uh, January, late January. So... Mm-hmm. It's coming fall 2019. We'll yeah. see. Uh, do we know anything about the faculty yet? Like, um. So as far as the um, the person that will head that department, like, there's a like there's been a search going out, and I think they've narrowed it down to like um, like three candidates. I think. Um. I don't think I got invited to those like candidate that one hurt. talking sessions. It hurt, but. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, it's fine, though. There's there's so many other qualified African-American students uh, who have their own perspectives. So, like, I don't need to be there. Um, but I like I've talked to those students who have talked to the candidates. Um, and like they said that there's definitely some qualified people there. Something that they told me that was wild was that um, one of the candidates and I guess this is the one the university was like leaning towards was a white man. <laughs> Bro. Sawyer. It's like. Sawyer. How? Come on, bro. Like, how are you in that D, bro? <laughs> Sawyer. And, like, like I don't think anybody... I shouldn't have to, like, make this disclaimer because I think most reasonable, pe- reasonable people understand this. Like, you don't need to be black to, like, be interested in or be an expert in black studies. Right. But you're going to talk about establishing something at Texas State, as, like a subject that specializes in the experiences of the diaspora, and you're going to lead with... A white man? That's your starting lineup? Is a white man? Come on. <laughs> I feel like that's on brand for Texas State. No, like, 100%. And all of the gains they make. And, like, I'm I'm even tentative to, like, be like, hooray, like, we did it. It's almost like I'm glad you finally caught up. And it's like you're going to catch up but then try to do that. Yeah. And it's like just talk to somebody. But hopefully they won't make that final decision. Um, man. Um, and, I've, and, like I said, that's not any slight to, to dude. Like – you know, he's qualified. Like, I'm not, it's nothing personal. Yeah. I'm just saying that's not the precedent you want to set uh, when you're setting up your um, your Black Studies program. Yeah, man. I'm interested to see who the final lineup ends up being. Mm-hmm. Not even for, like, the head or whatever, but, like, who's teaching it? Yeah. What are their qualifications? Like, right. And then also, I feel that's the other element because, like, that attitude that, like, the administration, um, not even just this one, like, the people that came before what we currently have, like... I feel like that attitude towards black studies like trickles down to the rest of the university because when you're asking like, you know, where do we get like, why don't we have more black professors? Um, Like when you're talking about the ratios, right? 
right. like say that, you know, regardless of the ethnic group, like there was um, a proportionate number of professors of your ethnicity, like equal to the percentage of like the Texas state population. So like, you know, if half of uh, Texas state's population was African-American, then half of your faculty be African-American, the other half white, have, you know, so on and so forth. Like if that was the model, like Texas state doesn't meet that. Yeah, for like, sure. There, there are more Asian uh, Asian American professors, professors than African American professors, but there's more African American students than Asian students. Um, Crazy. And it's like yeah. when you have that attitude, all of a sudden it's not a mystery as to why why there's there aren't more African Americans in administrative positions and faculty positions. Mm. Yeah, no, it's ah man. I mean, we just have to see come fall how they really do with this rollout. I think that's like it's the final chapter of like you just got to be done with the university and expecting <laughs> anything if they completely fumble this. Yeah. Because it's not out of the bag. Like, just throwing a white man in that bag for just sort of, like, running the, running the department or, like, chairing or what was it? I think his role would be, like, because um, I don't think technically it's a department, but he would just be, like, I guess the chair or whatever. Okay. Of like, so, just, like, just like the, the curriculum the head of that or minor. sort of like yeah. whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't it – does, it's a little uneasy, I guess, headed yeah. into it. But I think there's a lot of good people, though, um, like working behind the Black Studies minor, yeah. uh, like Dr. Audwin Anderson. Um, and like, like there's just too many good people behind it. So I'm sure, although it like, might look shaky based on the information we have now, um, I'm sure like they'll come to the right decision eventually. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't give my hot take. What, so take? I wrote the column this week, uh-huh. um, which is the first column I've written in, in probably a year or two. So that felt good. But um, my hot take is like university advancement like let's look for a scholarship that pays for a student to um like get the black studies minor and let's name it after tafari mm. now i'm not like tafari is one of my most respected colleagues like that's that's very like known if you know me uh but i'm not even saying that just because i think he's cool like if you know the history of how the black studies minor like got here like you can't talk about that without tafari um, like off the top of your head, like what is PAC? The Pan-African Action Committee. Right. And like, I know, and I'm leading you like, <laughs> please like, don't, don't feel bad, but I'm leading you. What's the mission of PAC? Like the mission statement? Yeah. Like why, why does PAC exist? Why was it founded? Isn't it to like celebrate and like bring together the African community? Like regardless of like anything? Like, yeah. Just like celebrate? Yeah. That's definitely a part of it. But not a lot of people realize, and especially like what's when you think of PAC, what's the first thing that comes to your head off instinct? <laughs> off instinct? Yeah. I just think of like land passes. Like the, land passes? Yeah. Just like, you know, like the black studies, like library. Mm, and so like the multicultural the, lounge. Yeah. Multicultural lounge. Okay. Yeah. And then I think a lot of people's brains go straight to the sit-in because um, PAC's name was, was pretty heavily attached to it, oh, yeah. even though it was like more of a, a conglomerate of like different organizations, not just PAC. But those are kind of the two places your head goes to like that organization, but the mission statement of PAC is to actually bring black studies to campus. Yeah. Yeah. I remember there's like some flyer poster or something where they talk about the diaspora and like bringing it to campus. I remember like that being the big thing whenever PAC was like first started. Cause it wasn't mm-hmm. even about like, you know, like anything else. It was just about bringing awareness to Texas right. state. I remember yeah. that. And the and the you 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 did well. <laughs> the like What's the activism name? is cool or whatever, but like the sole mission of PAC was to bring Black Studies to Texas State. 
Um, that's mission accomplished. But Tafari graduated um, last year. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think it's like, I think it speaks to how selfless like his his work was. But all of the push pushing that he did to um, get Black Studies to campus, he'll never be able to like take any of those classes. Yeah, I think it was really interesting because whenever the whole Clegg spiel was going down, uh, I interviewed Tafari for a story. And I think if I remember right, one of the things he had told me like right after Clegg got out was like, this is a really big step, but it's not like enough. Texas State needs the black studies minor mm-hmm. like to for this to even like be a start. So like that just proves that like it wasn't ever about getting Clegg out of office. It wasn't ever about like ridding TPUSA out of student government or like anything like that. Like mm-hmm. it's always been about more of like an advancement of like actually actually making like the university doing something worth it, like exactly. acknowledging students. Exactly. I think acknowledgement is like the keyword there because black studies, like, you know, beyond just the intellectual merit of it, because like I said, it's not just a matter of like, you know, having studies for black people. Like, although, you know, you learn a lot about yourself, like through black studies, um, it's also about having African-American students actually feel like Texas State is a home. Like, it's a little bit different when your university, like, you know, you have your curriculum and whatever your major is. And like, we have our student organization so that we're able to, to find each other and, and uh, connect based on our, our uh, common experience. But when it comes from an institutional place of like, hey, like I'm here, Texas State, like we want to see the development of all our students. And that means even like your experience is unique. Like it's different from the other Bobcats that come here like white bobcats, like your needs for your development are a bit different. And that's something we're interested into. Like we're not going to write it off because it's different or because it's not what the quote unquote mainstream development might be. Like we're going to include that too because we want you to succeed just as much as anybody else. And so I think that institutional attitude goes a long way with black students. And I think when you're talking about black studies, bringing it to campus, it's something um, like – uh, black students at Texas State have wanted for decades. Uh, but Tafari, you know, that's what I respect is that he came here, saw there was a need, decided he was going to fill that need, made sure it happened, even if he didn't benefit from it. And that's why I think naming the scholarship after him would be like a great way to commemorate that work so it's never forgotten. Um, but then He's also just also to, in school at the time, man. Like, yeah, he didn't have to do it. For sure. Like, that's like that's a big part of it is this wasn't like a professor or somebody on campus like he was a full time student at the time, mm-hmm. too. Right. He, he, like, did it while getting his, like, bachelor's. Exactly. And that shows grit. That shows, like, like I think. It shows any, that he cares more than anything, right? Exactly. And I, I think, you know, it comes from a very personal experience, right? Um, like, I think he cares because he understands, like, what it felt like to feel like you're a guest at Texas State. Um, and, like, to not see yourself anywhere in the university. Like, that was a feeling he didn't like. And he said no one else should feel like that. And so, boom, that's his dedication. He saw it all the way through. Right. So you want to get a scholarship named after him? Yeah, I think if anything, like if there was any way, like I think it's the least the university can do for mm-hmm. literally doing the legwork and and helping them understand why they needed it. Um, like I think that's the least they could do is just name the scholarship after him. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That'd be really cool. I yeah. didn't know you wrote that column until like right now. Really? You didn't know that? <laughs> I don't, what do you want from me? What kind of publication are we running here <laughs> that, that you didn't know? <laughs> this guy but yeah so listen if you're a rich person out there and you have money and you're trying to um give an endowment listen i understand that you know if you're going to give mad money to texas state 
you want your name to be on it. But like Tafari, I think he's really earned it. So if you don't mind, if you're rich, if you're balling, like if you got money to blow, like let's give an endowment. Let's set that scholarship up so that way it can be in perpetuity. So students from here on out, um, at least one can can get that black studies minor for free. Um, and then also Tafari will be remembered um, for the work that he did. Um, so rich person, like come through, like email me, star editor at txstate.edu or university advancement, however that works. I don't know. Uh, but like, let's make it happen. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Yeah. Super cool. That's why February is a good month. Like, it's tough for me, like right now living it, but it's a good month. <laughs> it's tough for you. Why? Do you know how much is going on in February, <laughs> Sawyer? Like, you want me to give you the rundown or do you know? Yo, we need to plug your your panel that you're speaking of, bro. We need <sighs> everybody to come. Uh, no, don't do that, bro. <laughs> come on, man. All right, so here's the actual details. So um, I'm doing a panel on the state of black journalism. It's going to be February 26th, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Oracle, which is 2300 Cloudway in Austin. Uh, but yeah, definitely come out. Uh I'm definitely, you remember how anxious I was when I found out I was <laughs> yeah. on the panel, bro? Yeah, man. That was all you were worried about. I was sweating. Like, what? Sitting in your office sweating. Yeah, I didn't know what to do because it's like, it's me on this panel. And then you have media professionals from KUT, KVU, Austin American Statesman, and then the director for the UT School of Journalism. <laughs> all black people, all smart, all mad experienced, <laughs> and then me. Hey guys. <laughs> hey, what's up, y'all? Uh so first things first, you uh you put together a paper, you cover student government, um, and then like, you know, it all falls together. And that's your editor in chiefness. <laughs> that's my expertise. Yeah, but um no, that's happening. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um you know what else is in February, bro? What? Valentine's Day. What are you getting me for Valentine's Day? Bro, I don't know. What you want? Don't say it. All right. Um, so, yeah, Valentine's Day is happening. Uh, I'm single this year for Valentine's. Uh, Star editor at TX. Nah, nah. See, that's not what we gonna do. That's not what that was. That wasn't a call. Don't don't hit my email. Don't do it. Uh, ain't no letters to the editor uh, about Valentine's Day. That's not what's happening. But you not single for Valentine's Day. No, I'm not. Actually, me and Den- me and Denise did uh, Valentine's Day early. Because oh. we got our gifts early and we didn't want to wait. That's cute. We were too excited. What'd you get her? It was just like personal stuff to each other. So mm, I'd rather okay. not like share it with other people. Nah, that's cool. Hey, just relax, bro. bro I'm chilling. I'm just <laughs> hey, happy hey. my relationship. Nah, I'm, I'm happy for y'all. It was cute or whatever, but yeah. No, nah, I'm, ha- I'm happy for y'all. Must be nice. You love it. Hate it. It's cool. That's February. It's a good month. That's February, bro. Uh, So we're going to close it out. Uh, listen, uh, y'all know my email, editor at txday.edu. Uh, send me a letter to the editor. Tell me what you think about the podcast. Uh, send me any questions you have to be answered in our next episode. Hey, um, student journalism, it's not free. Uh, we're trying to stay independent. And to do that, you need to make your own money. Uh, so consider a donation. Um, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be small. But it's just something to think about. Uh, it helps us keep doing the work. If you like the work we're doing, uh, consider that donation. So I'm your chief, Carrington J. Tatum. I'm your managing editor, Sawyer Click. This has been Editor's Note. Editor's Note is hosted and produced by Carrington J. Tatum and Sawyer Click. Engineered by Jaden Edison. Recorded and published through the University Star.